Welcome into The Scoop, the number one UNC football recruiting podcast in the world and part of the Inside Carolina Podcast Network. Remember, guys, this podcast is brought to you by our good friends at Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com, the best and most local place for all your apparel and gear. I'm your host, Ross Martin. As always, I'm joined on The Scoop by Don, Donnie Scoops, Callahan. What's going on, Don? Not too much. I had a uh, crazy parent moment. And I know you love hearing about this stuff. Yeah. You want to talk about I mean, now or after? Real quick. I mean, okay. it was just uh, this morning, my, my, so, so as you know, my kids started high school, big moment, parents uh, cycle anyway. Um, but I guess it didn't hit, hit me until this morning. I had to bring my daughter. She, she left her, her gym bag, brought it to the school. And as I'm pulling up and walking in and everything, and it suddenly just seeing all the larger humans at the school, it just finally kind of hit me like, oh, my God, my kids go here, especially for someone who goes to high schools throughout the state for a living. Like, you know, I was at Millbrook High School yesterday. It was just kind of a surreal moment for me where I was like, oh, my God, my kids are in high school sort of thing. So anyway, I know yeah. you don't necessarily understand because of, uh, you know, you're yeah, emotional, emotional me, but moment. Cut you off there. Emotional moment for Don. <laughs> Guys, we have a big show, but first, I want to remind you to rate, review, and subscribe to the Inside Carolina podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. Give us a five star rating, a quick review. What's up with what you, Ross? And tell, hang on and tell us what you like about the scoop uh, and all of Inside Carolina's podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review, and all the podcasts will show up in your feed. And guys, we're sponsored by Giant T shirt. We're adding a new sponsor to this show, to a couple other podcasts, and to our Inside Carolina post-game live show, which will air immediately after all UNC football games on uh, Inside Carolina's YouTube page, Instagram page, and on uh, Facebook. That is Blue Shark Vodka, and I'm going to talk about them more in the podcast, but Blue Shark Vodka is our new podcast sponsor and kind of sponsor of Inside Carolina's post-game live show, which I'll be doing with Sean Drawn immediately after every UNC game guys let's get into it here is our schedule we have a lot of stuff but it's kind of all over the board we're gonna talk about Travis Shaw's commitment to UNC which was um we haven't talked about it yet it was two uh weeks ago we did an emergency podcast that ran immediately after that commitment so we're getting to kind of being there working that commitment and, and the what it means for UNC we're going to talk briefly about what, what remains for UNC in the 2022 class we're also going to talk about the the Bishop Sycamore stuff uh, playing uh, IMG, and if you haven't followed that, Don's going to kind of update us on that. Kind of goes along with with football recruiting and high school football and all that good stuff. We're then going to talk about the team. This is game week, guys. It's going to air recording on Wednesday morning. This is going to air uh, either later on Wednesday or Thursday, and um, so we're going to talk about the team a little bit. This is going to become more of a, a recruiting podcast, but also a lot of team stuff uh, since I've been kicked off uh, the other Inside Carolina podcast. And then Don is going to give us the top five uh, 2023 names to know. Not top we five. We're just going to give five names because we, we talked about some a couple weeks ago. We'll give five names just to kind of talk about, just kind of get people accustomed to the 2023 class. Okay. I apologize. So stay tuned to that. And then we're going to give a little life advice, our first life, life advice segment. Don, how are you feeling? What do you think? Um, I'm excited because this is a little bit different than what we've done in the past. Um, what do you think about this? And what do you think about the, the live show after the, the game on Friday? Yeah, I'm pumped. Um, it's a different role for me. 
I am not really covering the game in the traditional sense. I'm not going to be on Twitter as much. I'm not going to be in the press box. I'm not going to any away games. Um, I may be going to Notre Dame, but I'm going to be watching the game um, in, a, in a fan seat, I think, or at home or in the office for away games with Sean um, and John uh, Bauman, our former intern turned producer who's moved back to Chapel Hill. John's for, awesome. Yeah, he uh, he's still working his real job. He's helping us out with some tech stuff on the producer side. And we're just going to do a live immediate reaction, instant reaction type show uh, with some fan involvement and to be streamed on YouTube primarily. And then also you can see it on Facebook and Instagram. So uh, we're going to try it out. we got a great sponsor. It's been awesome. And we've done a lot of prep. It's been kind of a lot to prep for this. Uh, mm-hmm. We're putting a lot of money into the tech, the video, the audio, the lighting. Uh, we're doing it from our studio. And uh, we just want to thank Blue Shark Vodka. And honestly, for Buck Sanders and Ben for all the support with this and, and kind of uh, giving me the opportunity to this is what I want to do. I mean, I love podcasting and, and, and radio and streaming and stuff. So it's another. Do you another love podcasting kind of, with Don? Yeah. My love of podcasting is based on this very niche, niche football recruiting show. So, all right, let me. So for someone, you know, who, who's considering watching on Friday, what, what should they expect? I mean, what, what are you guys going to kind of present? I mean, obviously you're going to talk about the game, but mm-hmm. in what way? Yeah. I mean, so the, right when the buzzer sounds on the, in the, and the numbers hit zero, we're going to plan a little bit and then we're going to go live five minutes in. So I'm going to just intro it and just get initial thoughts from me and, and from Sean um, and then go into kind of what it means. What's the, what's the win mean? What's the loss means? We're going to do like uh, top players, breakout players. We're going to do um, like the biggest play, game-changing plays. And then, I mean, we don't know. What we kind of decide is that you don't really know what you're going to talk about until the game's over. Mm-hmm. You don't know the result. You don't know what happened. So I think that will be a big part of it. But we're going to have some segments. Um, we're going to close with like the top three takeaways that Sean's going to provide. And, you know, I cover the team, so I'm knowledgeable from a team roster uh, coach standpoint. And then Sean, who obviously doesn't cover the team, um, but he's knowledgeable from an X's and O's, kind of being in that room, being in the locker room, being in the huddles, um, playing for UNC. So we bring both bring very distinct perspectives. And so hopefully that will be entertaining. And then John also, John's a big fan and, and he covered the team and he kind of knows. Is, so is John going to be like, I know he's, he's producing, gonna, he's, he's going to talk some. He's going to be off camera, but he is going to help guide the show with questions and, and gotcha. commentary. So uh, will there be like fan involvement, especially since it's on YouTube where you can kind of do yeah, YouTube questions. Easier. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right, we gotta get going, Don. People don't want to listen to this, but remember, Blue Shark Vodka is our sponsor. About it, they yeah. want to know about it. I want to know live. about it. Inside Carolina post game live immediately after the show on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. We'll be reading questions and comments from our YouTube page. Make sure to subscribe to that. Okay, Don. Uh, let's get into it. Travis Shaw committed. We were both there with our new video intern, uh, Kirsten Clark, and our photographer Jim Hawkins. At Grimsley High School, this was now two weeks ago. Travis Shaw, the five-star defensive tackle, committed to UNC. We had the uh, instant reaction podcast, so make sure to go listen to that in the feed. Um, but <laughs> I don't know if anybody knew, but we did record that af- before the commitment. A uh, little the magic of po- give that away. The magic of podcasting, people could tell. Um, but that was just to have it ready and to have the quotes ready to go. Um, so Don, after the commitment and, and having some time to kind of, uh, think about it, what, what does this all mean for UNC? what do you think about the commitment? Let's get into it here briefly. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I've said, I said a whole lot on a lot of different things, including the, the emergency podcast. I mean, my position doesn't really change. Um, we had a, 
the weekly scoop, we basically had a, a uh, Travis Shaw takeover is what we actually called it, where it was mm-hmm. just a complete breakdown of what it means for this class, um, behind the scenes on how it actually went down, how North Carolina was able to, to beat out Georgia and Clemson in a very competitive recruitment. Uh, there was some, oh, the, the other thing, what, which would just kind of happen naturally when I was talking to his high school coaches was just kind of giving me things beyond the fact, I mean, it's easy for anyone can look at Travis Hall, even someone who is nothing about football can look at him and say he's 6'5", 330 pounds and moves really well. Um, but there's, a, there, there's not a ton of people that that are fit that but there are there are some but what makes him a top five player in the nation and they were able to give us just a couple of of um different sort of attribute attributes or or just things that they've seen from travis that do truly set him apart so definitely check if you haven't seen read the that weekly scoop check that out because it covers all of those angles what what for you i mean you're a greens. You're not only a Greensboro guy. You're a Grimsley guy. Yeah, I mean, I feel pretty happy, huh? Yeah, it was cool. I mean, and then the thing with us, we've been following this recruitment for two years now. We probably started the podcast roughly two years ago, and he's been kind of on the radar. And you know, there's always thought that Clemson, Georgia, Alabama, other schools would get in there, but I think it's a massive win for UNC, as we talked about. Um, I think my big takeaway was just how confident and cocky he is, in in a good way to some extent. But man, he he excuse my French here. I mean, he knows he's a shit and he knows he's a shit and he wants everybody to know he's a shit, uh, which I mean, well, I think, think about this though, for the past really four years, because UNC offered him before his freshman year for, or I guess three years. Um, people have been kissing his butt. I know. I mean, I, I, don't, I have no issue again. with it. It's just, I mean, if you're going to, if you want my takeaway, that's what I took away from. Yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. Well, some people, there were not, not a ton, but there were a couple posters who may mention that also who picked that up also. And I mean, really, he's a kid still, even though he looks like a grown man. And so you're giving, you're giving him all this attention. So naturally that's just going to happen. Um, because really, to be honest, when I first start interviewing him, I was, I marveled really just at how mature he was, you know, especially mm-hmm. com- compared to um, uh, what's the kid over that was over at Dudley. Um, oh yeah. And then as, com- as side of mine. Um, Clemson, the Clemson guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, completely different maturity levels, even though uh, Paige, Peyton Page, Peyton Page um, yeah. uh, was a year older. Um, but yeah, I mean, naturally, the attention and just being the star of everything uh, kind of kind of just fed his ego, basically. Yeah. And it was a up. good it was a good moment for Grimsley and Greensboro. He has you know, all his family there, all his friends. You saw a lot of UNC fans there. I mean, I had a buddy. Oh, yeah, there. a lot of UNC fans. I had a buddy who I graduated from Grimsley with who still lives in Greensboro, went to UNC. He's an avid poster on Inside Carolina. He was there with his dad, so it was, was pretty cool. Preston from Greensboro there? I have no idea. It was a big community uh, thing. I would say, what, maybe 300 people were there behind yeah, him. A good amount of people. Yeah. Um, cheering, chanting. Uh, so it was a fun scene, a lively scene. And much of that is because of how big of a deal this was, not only for Travis and his family, but for Grimsley and for UNC. Um, and, I mean, I'm pumped. Uh, I think it would be interesting to see how good he can be. You know, you're an interior interior lineman. It's not like it's a quarterback or running back. You kind of see the stats, and he's going to be double teamed, triple teamed a lot. Um, so, you know, you never know truly how he'll turn out to be. But uh, he's got everything I think he needs, athleticism, size, length, uh, weight. I mean, he, you can tell, I mean, he needs to hit the weight room and kind of change some of that baby fat into muscle. And so I'm, I, I'm sure the UNC strength conditioning program is jacked to get him in there. 
Uh, anything else as we close up this chapter of the Travis Page? Uh, no, I mean, I think we've covered it a bunch. You know, um, obviously a huge commitment for North Carolina. Yeah, I mean, the biggest uh, behind maybe Sam Howe in this area. I think the fact that he's in state, that it's mm-hmm. okay to go to UNC now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen it with Desmond Evans. We've seen it with Drake May, uh, Keyshawn Silver, Javari Ritzy, Rod Rod Dilworth. The big names are, are committing to UNC, and this is the biggest in state yeah. um, after Sam Howe. So uh, it'd be interesting to see what happens with uh, a lot of other recruits in state in the following classes and how Travis Shaw recruits the remainder of the 2022 class, which segues nicely to our next segment. Uh, Don didn't want to talk about this because he said there's no updates, but I think no updates is worth an update. You said there's only four or five people at UNC's recruiting left in the 2022 class. We know that um, Andre Green, the wide receiver, running back George Petaway, and offensive tackle Zach Rice are the major targets out there for the Tar Heels in the 22 class. 2022 class, they're all Virginia natives. Um, Travis Shaw has been tweeting at all three of them. So, Don, what uh, do you say about what's going on there? What can you tell us? Is there anything to report? Nothing to report? What does that mean? So, a couple other names just to throw out there. You know, Benji guys now UNC is still messing with, but now he's a Virginia guy because he transferred over the border to a Virginia school. Um, and then also Will Hardy. Wait, who was that? Who was that? That Benji Gosnell. Yes. We talked yes, about him. Okay. We talked about him last podcast. Mm-hmm. And then Will Hardy, who's actually a Virginia commit, but he's uh, from Georgia. He's a guy UNC is messing with. He's a DB that was actually the most recent scholarship offer sent out by North Carolina. So, yeah, we're talking about five guys for the most part. There'll be others. And UNC is still kind of looking around, particularly for defensive backs. We're kind of. There are, you know, recruiting is definitely 365, but there are definitely kind of lulls in the calendar, and this is one of them. And we're at, towards the end of the dead period. Um, actually, no, actually, today starts the, um, the the live period, the contact period, where they can actually go back and visit schools. But they're going to most most um, recruits will wait until games. So you'll see you'll see guys at NC State on Thursday. You'll see guys in Charlotte for the Georgia Clemson game, um, but um, but really, for the past couple of weeks, we've been in the dead period. Not a whole lot's going on. These kids are focused on their, their senior seasons. UNC and other colleges are focused on getting their, their teams uh, prepared. So there's not a whole lot of movement. It's just right now we're kind of waiting to see who visits where coming up. Um, I checked in with these guys. No definitive plans. Well, oh, Green has some, some – Green's going to be in, in Charlotte for the Clemson game. Okay. Um, and, you know – all these other guys have mentioned trying to visit North Carolina, but haven't really set a date. I mean, it's just, there's just not a whole lot going on for the, for really recruiting at all at this point. Do you think the Travis Shaw thing moves the needle with these guys? I know they all were at attendance at the cookout together. They did a little TikTok. Yeah. Thing. I don't, I don't think, I mean, obviously it doesn't hurt, but I don't think it helps to any like meaningful degree. I really, really? don't. Okay. Yeah. I mean, because you're talking about these guys, if you waited this long, you're not going to all of a sudden be swayed by what someone else did. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And mm-hmm. you, you take Andre Green. He's taken a very methodical approach to his recruitment, taking his visits, a, as he said. He took all of his, all of his summer visits, as he said. Uh, he has a, a bunch of plans to take a bunch of visits during this season. So I fully expect him to do all that. And he's not deciding until to the end. He's going to decide based off where he feels most comfortable. Petaway is a little bit of a wild card. I mean, you know, what he's going to do, I think. I think he probably has an idea of what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just going to make a decision whenever, um, 
whenever he feels like it. Um, I think he wants to make some visits, including an official to Oregon. We'll see if that actually happens. I whether whether um, Shaw came to North Carolina or not, I don't. I don't think that impacts Petta, Petta, what Pettaway is going to do. Zach Rice maybe because they do have a little bit of a history, but they hadn't seen each other since like eighth grade. So how close can they really be? You know, and he's another one who's just kind of on the fence, hasn't really found where he feels most comfortable and is kind of looking for that. But the good thing for North Carolina is that it's an easy drive, as is Virginia. But the other schools in his top five are a little bit further away, so it's going to make it harder for him to attend games at those other schools, which gives UNC an advantage. And UNC has the official visit in his back pocket, whereas mm. the other four do not. will be very interesting to watch. Um those three will be huge. If they get three, then it goes against Don's, would you say, two out of the six or two out of the five that we did in that podcast a while back. So all eyes on Andre Green, uh, George Petaway, Zach Rice, Benji Gosnell. Uh, who's the other one you said, Don? Um, Will Hardy. Will Hardy, cornerback. Is it, he's a safety, safety DB. Okay, yeah. cool. All right, we're going to take a break now. We'll go ad read time now. Johnny T-shirt, do not fast forward. Johnny T-shirt, giantt-shirt.com. Guys, it is game week. We're pumped up. I'm on Johnny T-shirt's website right now, giantt-shirt.com, and looking at all the football jerseys. You got the throwback jersey. You got the Navy jersey, the pure Carolina blue jerseys, all Jordan brand. Check those out on Johnny T-shirt and giantt-shirt.com. They're also promoting the new Nike Zoom Pegasus 38 running shoes, which I think just released limited quantities only, so check that out. Um, all your gear you want on Franklin Street at Johnny T-Shirt and GiantT-Shirt.com. Remember, inside Carolina subscribers get 10% off their order with um, the promo code found on the premium message board. So head to Inside Carolina, subscribe, get the promo code, and then Giant T-Shirt and GiantT-Shirt.com. Got a home game coming in two weeks, back-to-back -back home games, night games. Make sure you get all your T-shirts, sweatshirts, all your stuff from Johnny T-Shirt and GiantT-Shirt.com. Support a great local company, support us, uh, help us do these podcasts with Johnny T-Shirt and GiantT-Shirt.com. We're going to run a couple national ads, be back to talk about Bishop Sycamore, some UNC football team discussion, and, of course, the uh, five 2023 names to know. We'll be right back with more of The Scoop, presented to you by Giant T-Shirt and GiantT-Shirt.com on the Inside Carolina Podcast Network. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. All right, we're back. Don, you want to talk about this? This was kind of rocking Twitter and uh, social media and kind of the football recruiting world, the underworld of football recruiting, as we say. Bishop Sycamore played in a game against IMG that was aired on ESPN. There was some funny commentary. Uh, some, a lot of weird stuff went on because this team was not real. Can you kind of inform us what, what happened and then go into your thoughts on it? Because I think a lot of people are familiar already. Yeah, so um, it's kind of it, it's just kind of a weird situation where, yeah, IMG played Bishop Sycamore. Bishop Sycamore claimed to have a bunch of um, FBS recruits. Turns out they don't have any. They have a bunch <laughs> of 
of uh, 20 uh, 20-year-olds uh, who, who, for whatever reason, didn't end up playing college ball, whether it was academics, whether it was uh, skill level or whatever. Um, so it's just kids. And, it's like 18, 19, 20-year-olds who graduated high school or not, maybe not even graduate high school. Well, we don't even, that, that's the thing. There's a lot of mystery still to that. But yeah. So, so for the most part, um, yeah, I mean, just a bunch of kids who are claiming to be big time recruits who aren't, and they just got completely smacked on ESPN. And it also came out later on that they played on Friday night, which brings up health concerns to have kids play on, I say kids, they say some of them were like 20 and maybe even 23. Um, a lot of this is like, it kind of took on a, on a life of their own sort of imagination, but yeah. So, um, people feel like ESPN was duped on this whole situation. This team should never play that. They, they're not even sure if, if these kids actually attend classes, it's mm-hmm. online classes. They can't, uh, um, researchers couldn't find an act, an actual address for, for this school. Um, <laughs> that was the, the more, funny part. The more like the school didn't exist, right? They didn't yeah. have a website. Their website was like some crappy one page thing. Yeah. And the crazy thing is like, if it, it's one of those situations where the more digging you do, you find out information, but then you find out more questions sort of thing. Yeah. Like apparently the, the coach had a program before this Christians of faith Academy who actually played or um, tried to play IMG before. And then the coaches at IMG at the time who are no longer the coaches now, they kind of snuffed out that this f- seemed fishy and they actually canceled like a week ahead of time, you know, and it's just, you know, ESP. The one thing I, I thought was kind of ESPN wouldn't take any blame for this, kind of blamed it on uh, uh, Para, uh, Paragon, who kind of books these things. Yeah, it was like Let's, a booker that sets up these yeah. games. I mean, I, yeah, I'll get, hang one second. I mean, the funny sure. thing was, like, there's no vetting. Like, ESPN ran yeah. this on ESPN, number one ESPN show, this big time high school game without vetting the team. And uh, like, you wouldn't even think you would have to vet. You think, like, all right, I'm setting this big game. You should have, you should know the other team. Like yeah. the experts should be like, all right, we got this player from this team. They're both Florida teams, and there's all these studs. You know, they should have all these Division One players. It was just a lot of a well, lack of oversight. It's crazy. The preparation for a broadcaster, mm-hmm. with the play-by-play or the color commentary, you sh- ahead of time. I would assume that you are doing research on these guys so that you can yeah. talk about it. Yeah. Um. So to me, it makes me cure. You know, wonder just how much research goes into at least the high school games i mean are, are they just kind of winging this on the fly you yeah. know um lugan bill was was the the color commentary guy and it's like why didn't he kind of say hey this is not matching up you know yeah you would think for that game you'd probably prep look i don't know three three or four days two days ahead of time go through some names make sure you have a couple of talking points for some of these players mm-hmm. we're profiling this running back yeah. this linebacker this guy has a george tech offer this guy has a you know, Virginia offer. And obviously, I don't know if maybe they went in not knowing that, or maybe they went in knowing it was not many prospects, but a lot of oversight on a lot of different people. But this thing, it was so funny how it ran on like, it wasn't ESPN U, it wasn't yeah. ESPN Plus, it wasn't just streaming, it was on ESPN. ESPN. Because IMG is a really big deal, yeah. as we know, and they have tons of big time recruits. So it was kind of like, you know, a big time college playing a really small team, there was no big time players, but this team didn't, this school didn't even exist. Um, yeah. And usually when you, I mean, I've, I've been to many websites for schools. Uh, I was a teacher and obviously when I was recruiting and like, there's a, each school has a massive website with like, here's all the classes, here's all the teachers, here's all the coaches, here's everything, everything, everything. And obviously this, this Bishop Sycamore had no, um, 
no website of any substantial, um, any substantial. But so, so the one thing I'll add, because we do need to move on because this is not super interesting, but yeah. I wasn't all that shocked. And maybe because there are a lot of these programs that exist. And I think what, why it went so viral was because the fact that those programs usually don't get on ESPN like Bishop Sycamore was able to, but there are definitely a lot of programs with, with shady individuals running them that are able to, to take a lot of money and then they play for two seasons and then magically disappear. Mm -hmm. Um, So it wasn't like completely shocking. This is just an unfortunate thing. And, And in particular, they take advantage of kids, who, you know, post-grad kids, kids who come out of high school who weren't able to find a college home who think that this maybe is the answer for them to play collegiately. And it's just an unfortunate thing that I don't know how you police it. There's just no possible way. But, um, you know, I, I hate it for the kids, too, that get taken advantage of in these situations. Let's read this quote by Andrew Ivins, who works yeah. for us, 24-7 Sports. He tweeted this out, went viral. He says, I've been reading so many stories on Bishop Sycamore today. This is a couple of days ago. So let me share this one. They played a defender on Sunday that's originally a 2020 kid from Florida. The kid has reported over two dozen fake offers, showed up once to a seven versus seven tryout and used a fake ID. His huddle, which is the video service, is also fake. Amazing. Um, I remember that fake commitment a while back, too, uh, back in like California or Nevada. Mm-hmm. A guy committed to like a, a Division I Pac 12 school and he was fake. So, it's kind of a weird world, man. Recruiting is the, the underbelly of recruiting is a very, very dark place. Yeah. Yeah. And that's okay. not the main reason, but it's one of the reasons why you just can't look at scholarships and, and that and determine how good a recruit is. And I'm not saying, you know, that some of these recruits fake offers. I think the majority of them are legit or were told that they were offered. Mm-hmm. But even from the college's perspective, some of these offers aren't committable. So just you have to take that information with with a grain of salt. So okay, you ready to move into the team talk? Yeah. So guys, we're gonna do. I think we're gonna do team talk all through the season. Uh, like today, there wasn't a lot of recruiting news, and I think um, you know I cover the team every day. Well, uh, we got good feedback. I mean, uh, oh yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. All some for people it. liked it. Yeah. Yeah, and so um, you know we love the other podcasts. You got Vipolis's podcast. You got uh, On the Beat with Gregory and Greg and Tommy got all the preview shows but this is a little little different perspective uh we do recruiting we also do team stuff don knows these players uh he knows his recruitments i know the players and recruitments and i definitely cover the team so don's gonna lead it and then i'm gonna it's kind of flipping roles as host here yeah so the the first question i have for you is actually i know you're not a betting guy okay but the line on this game has really kind of surprised me in the fact that I think it did move half a point yesterday, but even though if you check all those sites, I never know how legit they are as far as like how much money is being put on a side or how many tickets are actually put on a side. But according to those sites, all of them, the vast amount of money and tickets are being put on North Carolina. Which What's the spread? Impo- the spread. I was, I was pulling that up now. It, it was five. I think it moved to five and a half yesterday. Yeah. It opened around five. I'm uh, sorry. It opened around six. Yeah. And then 5. 5.5. I think it dropped a little now bit. I can't, now I can't find it. Yeah. And then it dropped and then, okay. So it's five and a half still. Okay. I'm just, okay. So my question to you, so this is a non-betting question, but <laughs> the, the, the last time that, and this has happened before, but the last time I can remember it happening was last year. When North Carolina played Virginia, that line, I watched and waited for it to move, even though all the money was going North Carolina, never moved. And what happened in that game? Virginia upset North Carolina. 
Mm -hmm. So maybe I'm just being a conspiracy theorist here, but is, is there something that the betting sharps know about either North Carolina or Virginia Tech that we don't, which is why this line will not, is not moving. So, well, it moved a little bit. Open at six and a half, six is down to five. But should it be called, but if, if all the money is on North Carolina, to me, I feel like that means the money came in on North Carolina, right? If it went down. Well, if it went, if it went, no, it means the money um, went on Virginia Tech and it, so it dropped it down to, to five. And then, uh, but all the money is going to North Carolina, which which should mean that the spread should go up. Yeah, I like I'm thinking that based off the money, that this should at least be, you know, a touch. North Carolina should at least be a touchdown favorite, and so, but it just surprises me that it hasn't moved um, a bunch. Yeah, I don't understand what you mean. The money's coming on Carolina. Where do you see that? So you can go on these sites and they okay. can show you um, just how much money is being put on North Carolina. I just thought the fact that it's been bet down means that money's coming in for Virginia Tech. They thought it, yes. the six and a half so was in, too many. They bet it down to five now, and now it's like kind of stabilized. Well, so, it works? I, so <laughs> yes, but I so I started really, really following it like a few times a day, checking in on it. Okay. Um, probably like a week or so ago, and from that point, that's when it was at stuck at five for a long time. But all since that point, all the money's been on North Carolina. Yeah. And so I'm wondering. Are they valuing Virginia Tech's home field advantage? Because you know that's one thing that people have brought up is that home field advantage will actually be worth more this season because mm -hmm. all the players are used to no fans last season. Or is there something that's going on at Virginia Tech that maybe we're underestimating? Or is there something at North Carolina, you know, a, a deficiency? Maybe, you know, with you know, obviously you have Sam, so you can't point to quarterback, but maybe something somewhere else on yeah, offense yeah. or defense I mean, that we're missing. Look, I'm the shark and, and I'm not, you know, I'm not inside the Virginia Tech program, but I think they're looking at home for home field advantage. And then you also look mm -hmm. at what UNC lost at running back and wide receiver. And there's just a lot of question marks there. There've been some injuries at wide receiver, Joffrey Brown, Bo Corrales. Uh, I think Brown should be ready to go. Um, but I think there's some question marks at running back and wide receiver without proving anything. I think that's a fair line. I think UNC covers that. I think a cut touchdown where it opened six and a half, six, you know, close to seven is kind of where it should be. Mm -hmm. I think it's a, it's a huge game. Max has to be a dog fight. Of course you say that. I think it's gonna be a close game. I think it's a good chance to be a close game. I think the way UNC wins this and kind of pulls away is they get up early. Mac, uh, Sam throws a couple touchdowns, silences the crowd, and then they just rely on the defense to, to win the game. And, and Sam just does his thing. But if you keep Virginia Tech around in the third, fourth quarter, that's when the crowd will get even more involved, yeah. more rowdy, and that's when you get dangerous. So the key for UNC here is, is going up early, which I think they can. I don't think Virginia Tech is some crazy good team. Now, at this point in the season, you never know. You don't know who the good teams are, really. When you get yeah. to this level of, like, the mediocre teams in the ACC, you don't know if Virginia Tech's better than Boston College or Wake Forest or State or that kind of mid-level team. I think we do know that – UNC is going to be good, but who knows about Virginia Tech? I think they're kind of inverse relationships and in how the relationship, how the uh, those two teams and those two programs are going. So I'll be interesting to see what happens this season with Virginia Tech. Um, what was I going to say? Something about oh, let's. I think we should go through the, the season too. You want to go through the uh, the record, or do you have another um, question? You have another question? Yeah, I have a. I have two more questions. Okay, let's do those, and then we'll go through the schedule, okay. and we'll predict each game. Because I was also oh. held off the uh, prediction podcast too last last night. Oh man, I wish I would know. I would. Are, are you going to predict, or do I need to predict, or what? 
I'll you I'll go through predict and then you can okay. give your thoughts. You can predict too. All right, cool. All right. Uh, other question. So I am an avid Ross Martin fan. And so I was um, I was excited that he was asking a bunch of questions on the uh, the press conferences uh, yesterday. Or was it yesterday? Monday. The day before. Monday. Okay. Um, you, you asked great questions about the receiver situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously Bo Corrales out, which is, yeah. you know, they were hoping that he would kind of help be that deep threat. So what, what are we looking, what, what is it looking like on Friday as far as just the pieces of, you know, who's going to, who's going to be deep threat, who's going to be this and, and all that sort of stuff, as far as the receivers are concerned, because obviously North Carolina has succeeded a lot with having at least a deep threat, um, you know, and, and some under, underneath guys. Yeah. I think you turn to, if Chaffee Brown is healthy, they, the whole thing is he's faster than Dami. He proved that last year. So I think you Chaffee Brown, he made some big plays last year, kind of across the middle going deep. I think Antoine green, and they really like Justin Olson um, as the kind of another option who goes deep. So, I mean, I don't think you have a guy like Dami Brown who can really just beat anybody and take the top off the defense. But I think one of those three guys is going to have to make some big plays this season for UNC, kind of maintain that wide receiver production. Um, I think Brown's done it. I think they've re- they're really high on green so far this, this uh, spring and into the summer and into preseason camp. So look to Green, who arrived as a four-star. He's long, he's fast, he looks apart, kind of putting it together mentally, which I think will help him. So those are the three names um, I like as UNC's deep threats. I don't think they play too many receivers. I think it's going to be Choffrey Brown, Justin Olsen, Josh Downs, um, Antoine Green. Am I missing anybody? Maybe one other guy. Um, oh, Emory Simmons. I think he's, oh, a yes. I think he's have a good year. Okay. I think he's gotten quicker and faster. I forget about Simmons. Yeah. He's just a quiet guy. He, he's probably produced more than anybody else in the roster outside of Bo Corrales. I think Emory Simmons has a great year. He's got sure hands. He's big bodied. He can go deep. I believe he's also kind of a possession receiver, but the word on him is he got a lot quicker and faster uh, in his third season at UNC. So I think Emory Simmons has a chance to be a really good receiver. I love him. He's, he's just very technical. Uh, it seems like a, a really sharp kid with a good head on his shoulders and is kind of motivated to have a big year. This is his chance. You know, he was a big time recruit too. So those are the three or four or five names there. Um, they mentioned JJ Jones as well. I think Gosnell has a chance to get some reps too. So, uh, but I'm really pumped for Josh Downs. You know how they use Daz Newsom? Like Daz Newsom mm-hmm. was going deep as well. So yeah. I think they're going to use Josh Downs all over the field, even in some some, um, some backfield stuff too. He is just a elite kind of dynamic player they're going to move all the way around kind of like they did with daz but i think he's better than daz and have a chance to to catch passes all over the field the um forget the next question a couple couple points um emory simmons the things that surprised me when, when they're talking about um they got faster and quicker as a recruit what i remember was that he, he had unbelievable spark rating um which is which, which is like 40 time and, and all that um and he's a coach's son his dad mm-hmm. is i think the um I can't remember if he's offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator at Southview High School. So that that's where the, the technical stuff comes from. The one thing I remember, at least when I saw him, I was worried about his hands, but it seems like that has come around. The other point um, I want to mention, um, because we haven't seen him a, lot, a whole lot, is Justin Olsen, who, mm-hmm. um, and I did get asked this question on the Ask Don thread a couple of weeks ago, because right when he started to emerge. But um, just to kind of bring back what I said was that, you know, he, the Charlotte community of high school football, very competitive, 
the coaches seem to hate each other. They hate the, <laughs> the players on the other team. When you go there, you're going, when you go to a school, especially one of the powers, you're going to hear a lot of trash talking about some of the other powers, how they, how they recruit all that sort of stuff. Very little, um, um, I guess, positive comments about opponents and their players, but a lot of opposing coaches, particularly one who was at a powerhouse, a head coach at a powerhouse spoke highly of Justin Olson about how they could not stop him. And mm-hmm. when they played North Mech also, his, one of his best games, if not his best game, it was a game that, that really kind of turned North Carolina onto him was against Mallard Creek. And Mallard Creek, for those who don't follow it, always has had really good defenses. Really good. Has, has had a great defensive coordinator, Trip Stone, for a long time. He left, but, he, but, but during that time he was there. Um, unbelievable talent. And for him to have such a huge game against, against that team. And he's playing at North Mech, which doesn't have a whole lot of you know, tremendous players comparatively speaking with, with Mal Creek, it, it, for him to put that sort of performance against Mal Creek speaks volumes to just the talented player he is. And, and so um, UNC could be, in, you know, UNC fans could be in for surprise for what type of uh, player that he ultimately, ultimately becomes. And re- remember he was a late bloomer. So uh-huh. maybe that kind of holds true also in his cl- uh, collegiate career. All right. So last question for me, from me to you right. is, it seems like we talked about the running back situation a little bit before, but it seems like just listen to the coaches speak. Um, they kind of settled on like a three headed monster, Chai Chandler, um, Caleb Hood and DJ Jones. Where do you think the, the breakdown is going to end up being between these three? Mm, great question. And it's really hard to answer that. I think they'll lean a lot heavy on Ty, uh, Ty Chandler to start, uh, you know, rolling out Caleb Hood is a true freshman against Virginia Tech. It's a pretty tall task. Um, we'll see how many carries he gets. Uh, so I think it might be the Ty Chandler show to start and then work in Hood and Jones um, as the season progresses. I'm sure those both those guys will get some snaps in the um, in the season opener. But, you know, yeah, like I said, it's going to be tough to roll out a, a rookie who hasn't really played running back ever in a game against Virginia Tech in Lane Stadium. So I think it's going to be something like 80% Ty Chandler. Look, I'm making this up. I mean, what do I know? I'm not, I'm not in Longo's room. Um, so I think it's going to be 80, same percent 80 Ty Chandler. And then when he needs a break, bring in Hood or maybe goal line Hood uh, and then mix in DJ Jones. But um, so I'm not sure if it's a true three-headed monster right now. It may be midseason, but uh, Ty Chandler's their guy. Uh, they like him. Uh, so we interesting to see how he does. Because that's, I mean, a lot of how they do this season is going to depend on how the running backs kind of make up for the lost production with Javante and Michael Carter in the NFL. Okay. You want to move to the schedule? Yeah. So do you want me to, how about I give the games? Okay. You tell me, you tell me whatever you want to tell me, however okay. you want to. Sounds good. It. I have it in front of me as well. Okay. So first game, Virginia tech this Friday at Virginia tech. I'm going to go win. Now, if you, as I was going to say much? this earlier at some point, if how UNC much? loses this game, that's a massive loss. Um, really? Virginia tech has nothing to lose. I think I think it just it's a coastal loss. It's the start of, of Sam Howe's Heisman season. It's in Virginia Tech, which makes it tougher, and it's a rival. And those games have always been close. And so, you know, I want to say win, and I think fans will say win. And I think ESPN's odds say win. But if they lose, man, this it just really hampers the season because then you have a kind of a boring home opener against Georgia State, and then you have Virginia Georgia Tech. I mean, there's just like. You need to start 1-0 against Virginia Tech. On the, I think it just gets the season started, starts a Heisman can, campaign, 
prime time on ESPN on a Friday. It's a massive game. So UNC, I think, has a lot more stress on their backs in this game than any other game um, with, with all the factors I just mentioned. All right, so home opener, Georgia State. Thoughts? Oh, Georgia State, win. Okay. Uh, I think that, though, UNC definitely will win, but this is not like a pushover team. I think they're a lot better than what people might realize. Just throw that out there. Yeah, there's, there's right. talent down there. A lot of people that get overlooked by SEC schools and Division One schools, Georgia State. Okay. Um, Virginia, who has kind of been the bugaboo. This is also a home game. Yeah, home opener. Uh, not the home opener, but like the big ACC, home, ACC opener, yeah. home opener. Um, I think that's a win. I think the talent is, is the differential in talent between UNC and Virginia is uh, becoming wider. But that quarterback's good they have there. He, he killed UNC last year. But there's going to be some um, retribution-type feelings, I think. Do you worry – like, I feel like Bronco Mendenhall, who's one of those guys who always seems to outperform any sort of, you know, metrics. Yeah, what's the question? Do you worry that, <laughs> that, that, that this could be another case of that? I think he gets his team prepared, and they have a good veteran quarterback. And mm-hmm. they probably – yeah, like you said, they do kind of coach or play above maybe their standard. All right, Georgia Tech at Georgia Tech. When? I think Georgia Tech is still – a year or two away from getting that yeah. recruiting class to where they need it to be, the, the roster where they need it to be. Um, but I like that coach down there. I hope, hopefully, and you, yeah, you I hope do too. They, they stay with him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Sorry. It'd be good to give, and they're not at this point yet, but it'd be good to give uh, Georgia some uh, challenges uh, from the ACC and in, in, in the state of Georgia. But all right, um, next game. And I actually think outside of maybe Walford, this might be the worst team North Carolina plays this season. Who's this? Duke. Duke. Yeah, I, Duke's on their last. I um, never liked their the, – well, I, Holgram, um, Gunnar Hol, Holberg, he's, gonna, he's supposed to be the starter, right? Yes. And I never thought he was very good in he's high a, school. UNC flirted right? with him a little bit. In-state guy, went to a heritage high school. Um, you know, he kind of was like a – God, he kind of was like a wannabe Johnny Manziel sort of thing, <laughs> but just didn't have like, I know yeah. I'm going to get killed for that. Um, the, the two Duke fans that exist. Yeah. Um, I think maybe, Duke's on the down. I think they're going downhill. Yeah. Um, Cutcliffe maybe sad. on his, maybe on his lab. I mean, great coach, great guy, likable, but um, I'm, yeah, I'm not sure. They might need some fresh blood there. He is the nicest head coach that I've ever met outside. I mean, I'm excluding North Carolina coaches for obvious reasons, but um, nicest head coach I ever met. Cutcliffe. All right. Um, and one thing, Georgia Tech game is is in the Mercedes Benz uh, Stadium. Okay. Which is an interesting wrinkle. It's not on Georgia Tech's campus. Um, it's in the big. How much? How, all right, what sort of factor do you think that has? I think you're. I think you have a lot more Carolina fans there. I just think I don't know. It's just a cool kind of thing. They're not playing on Georgia Tech's campus. They're playing that massive building. So it's a cool chance for fans to get in there, get Chick Fil A inside the building there, and um, it's just a different wrinkle. You don't right. have that at home advantage as much, I guess. All right, Florida State. This is a big game. I mean, I, I think Florida State's still a ways away, but they beat UNC last season, but then they kind of fell off. I think they're still struggling with talent there. Uh, that's a big another retribution game. Kind of, um, they lost a big game to them last year, so I think UNC wins that one. So right now we have UNC six and zero. Yeah, um, and I think Florida State's going to be better. I, I think North Carolina should beat them, but I think Florida State's going to be better this year. All right. Um, Miami. Now, this is the game that a lot of people are pointing to as, you know, the, the, the game that determines the coastal. 
Yes, huge game. And you know what? I think UNC wins this game at home. I think it's you know okay. rocking crowds. If it was at, in Miami, what would what would you say? Probably a win still. Okay. I mean, I just think about how much UNC kicked their ass last year. Like, well, that's it. That's always the, the problem with Miami is they have tons and tons of talent, but have not been able to put make that talent make convert into wins. Yeah. So you're yeah. always kind of like, okay, is this going to be the year they finally get it? You know what I mean? So you never know. So I think, um, I mean, this could easily be a game that UNC loses. There's a couple of toss-ups here. I think Miami and Notre Dame are, are two toss-ups for me. Um, I'm a, I think UNC, if UNC splits those, that's, that's a win for UNC. So I'm giving them the Miami win. I think there's going to be so much attention on this game. It's a, kind of a, exactly in the middle of their schedule. So any issues with wide receiver, running back, the experience in the uh, defense, all that will be kind of fixed by then for UNC. They'll kind of be in the swing of things, and that's you expect the team to be better uh, in mid-October than they are September third. But then again, so will the other teams. So, so um, if I'm reading this correctly, after Miami, there's a bye, and then at Notre Dame. Just yeah. not, not only give me your your outcome, but also just those three weeks. How how does that kind of impact things for North Carolina? Yeah. So you obviously to recover and get that after three home games to get that bye week is great. To go into Notre Dame away, uh, it sets up nicely schedule-wise for UNC. Whether they're coming off a win or a loss against Miami, there's going to be full attention on Notre Dame. I, I think it's going to easily be a top-10 game for both teams, uh, at least top-15. Um, I'm going to give the win to Notre Dame just because I think UNC doesn't go undefeated. And if, there's, if you're going to pick a loss, um, it's going to be against a Notre Dame team that's been recruiting very well, has experience, and they have a new quarterback, and they lost a lot of talent. But these teams just reload. Now, I think UNC could easily – I think I, the spread might be three, four points. You know, I think it's a game that UNC can come in and win. I'm, interested, I'm just interested to see how UNC's offense is at this point in the season, whether it just goes last year or if they're a little bit off. But UNC played them last year. There's going to be a little payback, I think. But, you know, if you're going to put money on it, I'm going to go with the Irish. Okay. All right. So we go to Wake Forest – or yeah. not to – North Carolina doesn't. We do. But it's in North Carolina, Wake yes. Forest. Win. I'm not going to, there's not okay. much else to talk about. Wake right. Forest fan went after you on Twitter. I mean, I'll never remember it. I'll never forget it. Uh, um, <laughs> but uh, what's his name? Their coach, another one that kind of gets the most out of his talent. Not worried about that? I mean, I think the just the difference in talent is, is going to give UNC the advantage. Uh, difference okay. in quarterback ability, difference in defense ability right now. Uh, yeah, he has them ready to play. They're, they're a good team, but I think they're going different directions. All right. So next game at Pitt. Yes. Who I think it's going to be better, better. Uh-huh. And if I was, th- this would be my pick for maybe a trip up game. Yeah. I was just going to say that. So I think UNC loses two games. Okay. Um, Notre Dame and Pitt. Yeah. Or Miami and Pitt or Miami and Notre Dame. They just pick your poison there. Um, right, I think Pitt on a Thursday on a short, short week mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh, nighttime mm-hmm. game in November. It's going to be cold up there. I think it's an, it's an easy one to pick as a loss if you're going to throw one on there. Um, Pitt's always tough. They give UNC trouble. So if I'm going to pick kind of a slip-up game or a game where the underdog wins, uh, I'd go the, the Thursday night matchup on November 11th against the Panthers. All right. So, Walford, uh, you know. Win. Okay. Uh, NC State. There's a lot of um, <laughs> positive buzz coming from NC State. Yeah. I think State is going to be, have a decent season. I think they have a lot of returning players. But, I, I mean, you look at what UNC's done to them in the last two seasons, 
and Sam is still there. You got to realize, guys, when you have the best quarterback in the nation at quarterback, that wins you yeah. a lot of games just yeah. when you step on the field. Um, and I think wide receivers, running backs, so obviously the last game of the season will be in full swing there. So I think UNC – it's at state. I think UNC could kill them. Um, <laughs> I, you look at the last two years, I mean, it's deflating. I mean, I think yeah. you look at – there's definitely some talent differential there, and UNC did lose a lot, but um, nothing really scares me about state. Okay. Clip right. that, John. Okay. Um, you good? Any questions? What do you think? No. You think what do you think? 10 and 2, 11 and 1, 9 and 3? No, I like it. I like it. I was afraid you were going to go um, undefeated the entire <laughs> um, the entire season. But no, I like it. I mean, you know, you're going to have some posters who are going to, you know, can't be realistic about things. And, you know, I mean, let's keep in mind, North Carolina did lose to Florida State last year. And Virginia. And Virginia. Look, I think 10 and 2 is realistic. I think if you're going to have an over under, it'd be set at 9.5, maybe. We probably should have checked that or, before. Or maybe 10. We could look it up, but it would take too much time. Yeah. All right. Let's go to recruiting talk, right? Is that what we're doing? Yes. Yeah. Let me, let me do a live read now about, uh, okay, go ahead. about Blue Shark Vodka. And guys, this is an important sponsor. I want everybody to listen to this. Blue Shark Vodka is sponsoring our post game live show that airs after every home game on Inside Carolina's YouTube. Instagram and Facebook channels. If you're not following us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, do that now. Um, it's Inside Carolina on Instagram, Inside Carolina on um, YouTube, and I think it's like something UNC 24-7 sports on Facebook. Guys, Blue Shark Vodka is out of Wilmington, North Carolina. It's a local vodka company that uses local um, heirloom variety of North Carolina sweet corn it's considered the smoothest vodka in the world. I've had some recently. It's delicious. It's very well-priced. You can find it in nearly, uh, not nearly, but almost every ABC store in North Carolina. They're really trying to capture North Carolina market. They're all over Greensboro, Charlotte, Raleigh, and especially in the Wilmington area. They're trying to take advantage of um, kind of that North Carolina local feel, Blue Shark Vodka, right out of Wilmington, right Little Beach, North Carolina, locally made with a very special distilling process. I'm going to spoke with one of our, Connor Barth has a partnership with them and he's kind of working with us on the, um, on the sponsorship. And he sent me a couple cocktails to, to preview. So every live read, I'm going to, I'm going to read a different kind of cocktail. This one, you know, a little fruity, but that's all right. The good thing about vodka is you can kind of change the flavor of it with what you put in there. So two ounces of blue shark vodka, one, uh, a little bit of cranberry juice, a little bit of fresh grapefruit juice, a fresh lime wheel, and a, a sliver of grapefruit. Hang on one second. I'm going to bring the bottle over here. Uh-oh. You won't chug it. Little radio gold here, but I got you won't blue, shark, chug it. blue shark vodka right here. Guys, it's very accessible. It's very local. They're sponsoring us, and we're going to have a great partnership with UNC Football, with Inside Carolina, and Blue Shark Vodka. So check it out where you get your alcohol. Uh, and they're going to be in most ABC stores in North Carolina. I want to appreciate them for what they're doing for this podcast, for the Inside Carolina podcast, and for the post-game live show. They're the title sponsor. All right, straight through now. <laughs> Let's get into it, Don. The 2023 recruits that you want to talk about. I'm going to read each one. You give well, me let, me, let me just give a little, quick little intro so people understand. Okay, got it. I, I don't want to say I picked these at random, but I kind of sort of did. So I don't want people, oh, why didn't you talk about this guy? Um, there's certain guys we've talked about in the past that we'll talk about again, and maybe, maybe next week or, or next time or whatever. These are just some names that 
recently I did articles on or something happened with or whatever, um, guys that UNC has offered, all except for one are in-state guys. So it's just, just to kind of get you ready because really this is what we're, we're getting into. This is 23 class because the 22 class is, is almost done. So okay. go ahead. You want to want to read the first name? Yeah. And so guys, this is kind of how all this goes for me is I don't know these names at all. I know I recognize two of these names. And so as we transition out of the 22 class and into the 23 class, um, I'm learning these names as you are. And so this podcast kind of serves as, as, as that vessel. Uh, Don has been on these kids for at least a year now, maybe more. And now they're becoming these guys who talk about almost every podcast. And these are just five that we want to point out that Don has written about recently. All right, Caleb Downs. Yes. Yeah, so out of, hang on, I'm going to preview oh, it. My bad. Uh, my safety, bad. six foot, 185 out of Mill Creek High School in Georgia. Ranked number 40 in the nation, so a very, very high four-star prospect. Number two safety, number three player in Georgia. It's an incredibly high-ranked kid, a borderline five-star. Don? Yeah, so this is Josh Downs' brother, little brother, um, if, if you didn't, didn't know that. Uh, so he's been North Carolina a bunch, mostly as a little brother, um, although he did make a visit to Chapel Hill in late June as a recruit with his parents. We ran a story on him earlier this week that kind of breaks down that visit, breaks down his recruitment. You know, basically North Carolina is going to be a player in his recruitment until the very end, whether he ends at North Carolina or not, it remains to be seen. I think this this is going to be much more of a battle for UNC than, um, than even Josh's recruitment was uh, because he seemed to be really interested in the, the powers, the, the, the basically the payoff, playoff powers. And this is Dre Bly's nephew too, right? Yes, Dre Bly's nephew, which is even more interesting because if he were to come to North Carolina, Dre Bly would be coaching him. Yeah, because he's, he's – wait, safety or corner? He's a safety, so I mean, okay. not exactly. But, yeah, they'll be together a lot. Alabama, Florida State, North Carolina, Notre Dame, Ohio State, among others. All right, moving right along. Chris Culliver. Uh, wide receiver, 6'3", 175, out of Maiden, North Carolina. And he's ranked by 24-7 Sports as a number 58 wide receiver, number nine player in the state. Yeah, so I believe that he is severely underrated as far as rankings are concerned. You got to take the rankings right now for the 23 class with a grain of salt. There's so much, so many variables involved. There's so much uh, jostling going on and all that. but um, I mean, I think this kid is a stud. I think, um, you know, he has everything that you want from a physical standpoint. He's a super intelligent kid on top of that. You know, he plays with the Carolina Stars, so he gets a lot of exposure to top talent. Uh, he plays at a small school, but it's just outside of Charlotte. And really, to be honest, I mean, you know, I, I think North Carolina is in the driver's seat here. And this kid could be looking to decide sooner rather than later. There you so have definitely it. a name to make sure to make sure you know. I mean, he, he named North Carolina's leader in a update I did with him earlier. Well, it wouldn't be earlier this month, but last, last month. And Maiden is, you say outside of Charlotte. I mean, it's about an hour, four times yeah. from Charlotte. Yeah, I consider 321. it Charlotte. Yeah. Um, it's kind the of big, below Hickory. The biggest, smallest uh, football town is their nickname. Love it. Uh, right north of Lincolnton, where Chaz Surratt went. So between Hickory and Lincolnton and, and northwest of Charlotte. That's a new town for me. Maiden, North Carolina. All right, moving right along. We got Chris Peel out of Providence Day High School, a cornerback. This is a cornerback, six foot, 175, uh, and unranked right now by 24 7 Sports. 
Yeah, so this is another guy that I kind of throw in the same bucket as Chris Culver as far as UNC is probably the, the favorite right now. And he's an absolute stud. Great size. He's not as tall. I think Culver is like 6'3". Um, but Chris Peel is, is six foot, 175 pounds, has tr- legit track speed. You know, UNC initially was going to wait until seeing him in camp to offering, offer him. But then after kind of checking some things out, just was like, we, we can't wait any, any longer. And I actually offered him towards the end of July. He came, he came for a couple of visits to North Carolina, including the, the Carolina cookout. Um, I think you know, once more of his film gets out, he's going to get more offers. And he definitely needs to be ranked at some point. All right. Great. Chris Peel. And two more. Jamal Jarrett, a defensive lineman out of Grimsley High School in Greensboro. 6'4", 330. Great big frame. He's ranked 285 in the 24-7 sports composite, number 17 offensive tackle, number seven player from North Carolina. He transferred recently from Smith High School to Grimsley. Yeah, so a lot of people are going to think, oh, you know, he's at Grimsley. It's going to help North Carolina. Him and Travis don't know each other, or they know each other. They're not super close. They're not enemies or anything, but they're just not super close. (laughs) Um, So I don't think – I mean, obviously, Shaw will help. It's not going to hurt, but I don't think it's going to help – help so much but um i think you know unc was the first one to offer him and i think that right there alone puts north carolina a really good spot this is a kid when you see him in person you are just like oh my god he i mean because he's he's every bit of six four three hundred thirty pounds but he doesn't hold a lot of the body the, the baby fat that we always talk about with these big linemen moves really really well the biggest problem with him is is he hasn't really been coached up until the time he transferred into grimsley He's going to I think he's going to blow up and he's starting to he got a bunch of he texted me this morning with with all of the schools that reached out to him. And the list was very, very, very long, has a bunch of scholarship offers already for a star kid. And like I said, North Carolina's a great spot. I think he visited North Carolina by far more than any other school this past summer. Yeah. And I feel like you have a really good relationship with him. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, he's um, he's kind of my buddy. Um, he's one of the he's my guy from this class that that definitely you know texts me a bunch. So. Yeah. I mean, he's, and he's a great kid. He's a great kid. When you talk to him, you kind of realize, okay, he, you know, he looks like a grown man, but he, you know, he's a, he's a kid, you know, another uh, great student also, um, which, which is always key. All right. And wait, and so back to Jamal, I don't know if you mentioned this, but is he, we're getting recruited by UNC at, at, as a lineman, offensive lineman or defensive lineman? So they're just lab- labeling him a lineman. Okay. And so I'm, I kind of go back and forth on this. I'm leaning back towards defensive line now, but I mean, I could see some film from this Friday and then think, okay, maybe he's an offensive lineman because that's, he's playing that a lot um, more at Grimsley. I think he's playing defensive line at Grimsley right now. Yeah. Shaw yeah. is out. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah. yeah. So so, check your, check your sources there, please. <laughs> I will. Um, but yeah, so he's playing both ways though. Um, but the, the one practice I saw, I mostly played offense, but yeah, mm-hmm. no, you're right. I mean, he's playing a lot, especially with, with Travis out. So it's going to be interesting once Travis comes back, what, what yeah. they do with him. God, can you imagine defensive line with those two guys in the middle? Oh, it's crazy. And then like, yeah. I wish they had put Shaw at guard some, um, and, and then put Jamal Jarrett what, at tackle. What's on crazy is, so they have those two guys and this will make you happy as a, as a Grimsley alum. The third, they have a three-man line. The third guy has offers from Coastal and App State, which obviously not Power Five, but those yeah. are legit Group of Five programs. You, you said a def- defensive lineman. Yeah, defensive lineman. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, and finally, and this name I do know, and I think a lot of uh, UNC fans subscribers are going to know this name: Rico Walker, the uh, edge position 
guy out of Hickory High School in Hickory, North Carolina. 6'3", 233, ranked 146 in the 24-7 sports composite. Number seven edge player and number three player in the state of North Carolina. I know he was one of the guys that impressed you most at the most recent um, – what's the camp that UNC Show, does? Showtime camp. Showtime camp. Freak show camp, showtime camp. Okay. Rico Walker. Yeah, so, yeah, he's another guy. has all the physical tools, still trying to put it all together. They just got a new coaching staff over at Hickory. I think that's going to help him in his development. Uh, this is going to be a battle, I think, um, for with his recruitment. His dad played at Auburn, so there's definitely some SEC um, love from that family. Uh, but North Carolina has done a really good job. It's the only school to get him on campus multiple times this summer. They actually got on campus three times. And uh, you know, we had an update on him earlier this week also. It goes into detail, just his mindset. Um, as far as recruiting is concerned, he will not say favorites. And I really think he is kind of open and he's really interested in some of these outside schools and wants to visit them. So this, this is going to, I think this is going to be a battle, but North Carolina is definitely a major player in this recruitment. Okay. And that wraps it up. Some uh, 23 names to know 2023 names to know uh, as we kind of move into that class. Cause as Don said, as we talked about, there's only three or four, five guys UNC is really going after in the 2022 class. A lot of them will sign and enroll in December, enroll in January, and then the final signing period will be in February. Yeah, and if you if you guys like that segment, make sure you let us know in the, the thread. I mean, if you don't like it, let us know also, and we will try something different. We are just trying to have something to talk about recruiting-wise in this uh, kind of boring period right now. Yeah. Hey, Don, I think we have to wrap here. Uh, okay. We might have to do the life advice question next. We're kind of putting these off, but um, – there's news breaking left and right. UNC released their uniform combo. Um, and I got to get back to work. We had a good long podcast there with a lot of good intel. Uh, love the comments everybody posts on the message board, whether that be about team stuff, about recruiting stuff, about Don, how funny he looks, Bishop uh, Sycamore stuff, anything. We always appreciate feedback uh, if it's good. All right, Don, anything else? No, just uh, I look forward to watching you on Friday night. Yep. Again, guys, post-game live show immediately after the game, you know, five minutes after we're going to go live on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. But YouTube's only one that's going to be our priority for, uh, for questions and comments. And remember, our, our sponsors for the podcast is Johnny T-Shirt, GiantT-Shirt.com. And our new post-game live sponsor is, of course, Blue Shark Vodka. Right there. They have three different bottles, the smoothest vodka in the world partnering with Inside Carolina. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend? or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.